we have been producing stuff for now for a couple of years with Extreme Ag, and the entire purpose is to make it educational, to make it so that you, the viewer and listener to our content, take home, glean information and insights you can use and apply to your farming operation. Well, you know what? We also are gleaning insights and information that we can apply to our operations. And Matt Miles is probably the most complimentary of all the Extreme Ag participants when he says, hey, you know, guys, I picked up this from you. I really got better at my game of farming when because you taught me this, because I learned this from Lee, because I saw what you did over there, Chad. He's always been very complimentary like that. And I said, you know what? Why don't we just talk about some of the things that you have learned and you've applied to your greater success at Miles Farms? Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. More than just a podcast, it's the place for insights you can apply immediately to your farm operation for increased success. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Ag Explore. With innovative products that improve fertilizer efficiency, protect yield, and reduce stress, Ag Explore helps maximize field potential. Find out how Ag Explore can help you get more out of your crop at agexplore.com. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. It's me, your host, Damian Mason, joined by Matt and Lane Miles of uh, Miles Farms, McGee, Arkansas. We're talking today about something that I think is really pertinent. Something or several things, in fact, that Matt and Lane Miles have applied to their operation in Arkansas that they have gleaned from their participants, uh, participate, their fellow participants here at Extreme Ag. All right, Matt and Lane, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Glad Absolutely. to be here. All right, so um, I saw you on stage at the Hefty Brothers uh, Ag PhD Field Day at the end of July in Baltic, South Dakota, and you got the award for your wheat um, <laughs> yield. And you did like a hundred and some bushel or a little over a hundred bushel of wheat on your uh, com- contest uh, plot against the other guys. And you on stage said, hey, you know what? That's cool, but I did not do this alone. I learned stuff from all of you that made my uh, wheat production more successful. It made me better as a farmer. So that's one thing I think we can kick off there. What did you learn about wheat production that you didn't already know? Well, I mean, just just the different products that 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 some of these guys are putting on, you know, putting on the wheat and 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 paying more attention to the to the you know fine detail. And you know, we talk all the time about you know like some of the some of the inputs that we put in to increase ROI, increase yield with Extreme Ag. And we always talk about the word, it's a systems approach. You know, it's not just one product, it's a systems approach of, of a combination of products. That's the way I kind of view Extreme Ag. Uh, from the day we started it to, to today, it's 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 a systems approach. It's a little bit from Lee and a little bit from Kelly and a little bit from Chad, a little bit from Kevin. You know, whether it's coming into my brain or whether it's coming into Lane's or, or you know, a combination of the two, but it, you know, little bitty things make a lot of difference. I've always said I'd rather be really good at a few things as being, you know, fair at a at a bunch of different things. So, you know, when you concentrate things down on, you know, where can you make the most money or where can you make the most yield or where can you be the most satisfied with your farm? You know, it's we don't make money. We don't have a, a gold bag every time we make a crop, but we're satisfied you know, sometimes if we don't make very much money, but we've done something to prove to ourselves, hey, this works. And and that could come from any of the guys on Extreme Ag. I get as much, and, and, I, and, and I'm sure Lane's going to add to this, I get as much from those guys as, as we try to give to other people. So I'm, I'm one of the number one fans, even though I'm an owner of the, of the business, uh, 
take corn, for instance, when we first started, we all met at, at South Dakota where you, where you see me on stage. And, um, you know, when I went up there, I was as green as, as you could be. I'd hit 108 bushels in Arkansas and soybeans and they called and asked me to come up there and speak. And I said, you know, I, I'm not really sure what I've done. You know, I, <laughs> I mean, I had records of what I've done, but it was the first year. I didn't know if I could do it again. I didn't know if it was a fluke. I didn't know if it was the weather. Uh, I did get pissed off when people said it can't be repeated. So that gave me even more drive to do that. Well, to repeat that, I had to be around, I had to surround myself with people that really know agronomy. And so, you know, I started picking up tidbits from Kelly and Kevin and Lee. Lee and I, I guess Lee and I spoke together, you know, the first six years we spoke together every time we went up there. And I was like, man, how does he, you know, how does this work, you know, and how are you doing this? And, and he's in a different area. And some things work different there than it does here. But in general, you know, the macro side of this is most of the things work the same. Then there's a micro side of it where, weather in different locations, you know, change that. But just, I, I mean, to, to pick out a certain instance, uh, you know, fertilizer on my corn, you know, planter set up, you know, Chad Henderson, I don't think there's anyone out there. And he, I just sent a text to my, my main planter guy. We struggled a little bit with the new planter we got this year. And I said, well, Chad's coming down for three days and he's going to spend three days with us on fine tuning that planter. And I said, there's not a deer employee, a deer engineer, or anyone else that's more qualified to do that than Chad Henderson from Extreme Ag. So, you know, that's one thing, liquid products, you know, uh, Kevin got me straight on, on inferos and which ones to use as far as uh, infer fertilizer, which ones not to use, what would prune your roots, what wouldn't prune your roots. I knew, I knew none of that when I started, you know, so it's hey, just- I want to, I want to go back to a couple of things here. First off, big picture. You said something really interesting. You said there's the macro and then there's the micro farmers. Well, as happens in all industries, but farmers love to say, well, that never worked here. That never worked where I am. And it's not from disparate, like from Arkansas to Gregory, South Dakota, where Lee Lubbers is. Hell, you got people that in the south end of Huntington County and I'm in the north end. Well, that wouldn't work here. I mean, it's, it's so provincial. It's almost amusing. And what you just said there is, yeah, we get it. Things in the Delta part of Arkansas are clearly different topographically, climatologically soil types all that but that's micro stuff when you really think about it the macro stuff is planter setup yes your planter will be set up a little differently than the soils that lee lubers has in south dakota but the point is it's the macro planter setup matters um fertility being right using inferral practices that maximize that's all macro stuff and the adjustments are the micro i think that's one of the smartest things i've heard you say in a year and a half i've been working with you uh the macro versus the micro um you're also, I'm um, going to toss over to Lane, you're my age, you're in your mid-50s, and you're willing to admit you're still learning, and I think that's the best part about Extreme Mag. We're telling these people, it don't matter if you're 18 or 58 or 70 or whatever, if you stop learning, you're screwed. And that's where I think uh, what we're doing out here as a platform is, yeah, you can still glean stuff, you're still up your game. Lane, you're the next generation. Your learning curve is even more steep than your dad's because you've got a few less years at it. Talk about a couple of those things that he just said, from planter setup to inferro. Those are just two of the things that we've gleaned from the other people in Extreme Ag. You want to take those and, and, and go off on those? Yeah, I mean, I had one just the other day, uh, Damien. You know, we, we actually just finished planting wheat. And it, it's a little bit of a longer story. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but 
but ended up we're calibrating our, our wheat drill and I call Chad and I'm like, Hey, Chad, you know, I say, I call, we call Chad. Cool thing about extreme ag, you know, I, I can call these guys and they talk to me just like dad were to call them. I mean, they, they, they don't talk to me. Like I'm some young farmer that don't know anything. They, they talk to my own person. Oh, uh, but I called Chad the other day and I'm like, Hey, you know, I need help calibrating this drill. You know, am I on the right setting? Turns out I was on the wrong sprocket. Uh, hey, it's funny because, you know, Chad knows, in my opinion, Chad's one of the best on anything planting, drills, planters, whatever. Um, he said, hold on just a second. Let me call Lee. So he goes, he hangs up on me, calls Lee, him and Lee are talking. He calls him back. All right. He's like, all right, we got your problem. You need to change your sprocket. And we think your metering rolls are, are worn out. You need to change your metering rolls. So just in last week, I mean, I'm learning, I'm learning that I've got to pay a little bit more attention to, to some of my wear points and make sure I'm on the right sprocket that mechanically is working right. So the cool thing about that's what I always say is the cool thing about extreme ag is they talk to me just like I'm a normal person, not some young <laughs> normal, <laughs> normal person. All right. Another thing about the, the education that, you know, uh, the, the successful person always realizes that they, you know, like the old thing, people like uh, my age or your dad's age, the older you get, the more, you know, that you, the, the more you know that you, that what you don't know, um, this inferral thing. We did a trial. We talked about different things. I was fascinated, frankly. We talked about where we used a fungicide, and and that fungicide should not have been touching the seed. And then within the season, by the time the guys up north were doing the fungicide application, they knew that it needed to be in two by two, or it needed to be behind the seed. And if it was going to be in the furrow, it sure as hell should not touch the seed. That was learning that happened within a week that helped somebody save a big headache and make more money. I think that was the cool, cool thing about that takeaway. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's just the communication between the group and the communication between the group and the public. You know, we're trying that if we can save someone a step, like you say, shorten the learning curve, uh, cutting, cutting, cutting a curve, you know, that's the podcast name. If we can do that, you know, that's what makes you feel good inside. And, and back to what Lane said, one thing about this group, is is we when we when we formed this group in its inception, one of our goals were to help the the Lanes and the Daniels and the Jacksons, yeah, right. you know, Connors, uh, uh, not of our families as much as some guys maybe. I, that's, you know, my dad passed away when I was thirty. You know, so I hear I'm sitting here with a little small farm, trying to figure out what to do. Didn't learn enough from him. Didn't get enough information from him. And and so if I'd have had someone like Extreme Ag, if they would have been there. 25 years ago, man, my, my whole world would probably be different. And and that's what we've been able to, to accelerate. And I've accelerated my, my teaching to him because I'm preparing him if something happened to me, you know, and, and, and I'm, it's, it's, it's so important to me, the goal that we have here and what we're trying to do, whether you're 80 year old farmer that finally says, Hey, I am going to change my ways to a, a guy that's just starting out. Maybe this lost his dad or his farming partner, or, you know, something like that. Cause it's, it's stressful enough just on its own. I, there's no question. Uh, Lane, you didn't give me anything specific that you, uh, you gleaned just this year from the extreme ag people. So we talked about wheat. Uh, he, he, your dad said, okay, I saw what Lee does, etc." What do you think of when you think about hitting that wheat yield competition these guys had, was there something that you saw because you know, you've had 10, you're in your 10th farming season. How many seasons have you actually been in the wheat production business? 
basically this this one okay so so tell yeah. me what a 28 or 30 year old kid like you sees wheat for the first time what'd you learn and where do you attribute that to the fact that extreme ag challenged each other to get better at wheat production oh uh, i mean honestly this is going to be broad damien but i'm not meaning it to be broad i mean i i, I had to learn absolutely everything mm-hmm. uh I mean, we had some we had some you know little wheat here and there and yonder just for just for something we were going to work on in the, in the summer or something like that and, and but as far as high production wheat i mean i had to learn i had to learn everything uh, as far as seeding rates and uh, what what we're flying on why we're flying it on i mean i know that's really really broad so it's hard to pick out one because i mean i was having to learn it all and i so, did learn it all. So, i mean i'm still learning so pretty much we all I mean, okay fertility agronomics that stuff and then once you get your seeding rate but the thing is there's a whole bunch of things that can go wrong in there. Is there anything that kind of surprised you? Like, damn, I, I don't know. Wheat's the, wheat's the easiest thing to grow. It's grown on every continent except for Antarctica. You know, uh, there can't be much to this. Is there anything that kind of struck you like, damn, you know what? Lee Lubbers must know know a few things that I didn't even think about because it's a little harder to, to really achieve than, than you thought. Uh, probably number one, we put up we put a uh, PGR on called, called a CN, and it was on a, a C treatment. And... Uh, you know that's where we felt like we found our most yield within that in that plot we had with our sin. Uh, by the way, for the person that's just tuned in for the for, for the person that's tuned into the, the cutting the curve podcast for the first time ever, a PGR is plant growth regulator, and you put it on the wheat because I'm still learning why we put it on there. I just know it worked. <laughs> well, it, it, it worked. It worked. It, it worked to making sure the stock didn't get too the uh, the 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 seat the plant height didn't get too big. What do you th- what do you think it did? What it what it does is jumpstart the plant, Damon. It gives the plant a false sense that that it needs to really get out there and work harder than what it would. It keeps the plant from being lazy, uh, you know. And and you know that's one thing Lane brought up: the seed treatment, the extra foliar. You know, we did some foliars that uh, that made a difference. Uh, you know, Lee and and Chad was pre was preaching palisade. You know, to keep it shorter. Uh, just different things in the wheat we produced in the past. You know, you planted a wheat, you put X amount of nitrogen on it, you put your P and K on it, and you were done. And you would come out with 70 bushel wheat. Yep. You know, this year we tried seed treatments. We tried uh, different foliar fertilizers. We pl- tried PGRs. And, you know, our yields went up over 30 bushels an acre just just by some – What the, it's back to the micro. You know, the macro is is planting that wheat, putting the M, P, and K on it like like my daddy did type deal. And and you come out with a you know what you think is a decent wheat yield. Then you get into the the situations where they're pinpointing applications. You know any of the guys in extreme ag, Kelly, all of them, they're pinpointing applications based on tissue samples and uh, you know different timing uh, rates on on maturity of the wheat and and some of those things that all of those things. I don't think we did anything to our wheat that didn't that didn't make it better. And most ninety percent of what we done was learned from this group here. We learned, we learned more to, to just like we did in soybeans back when dad first started growing. So, you know, not soybeans, but high yield soybeans. Don't treat wheat like a step trial. Treat it like you treat your corn, your cotton, your beans. Treat it like you really want to grow something. That right there, by the way, whether you got that from extreme ag or not, I think you got it based on what we did this year with the wheat competition is that 
obviously, you know, Kelly Garrett makes the point, you know, corn's the holy grail of farming. You know, American agriculture, farmers in America love to grow corn. Uh, you know, hell, they didn't grow corn to the degree they do down in your part of the world or in Manitoba, like where our man Riley Anderson produces it, now they do. And then soybeans were always that thing in between. And then when you start concentrating on all of a sudden, you know, uh, Matt gets 108 bushel soybeans and in a part of the world that has 105 degree temperatures all summer. I mean, that's some pretty impressive stuff. When you actually look at wheat as something besides a in-between crop, you know, dairy farmers looked at it as uh, you need straw for your operation and you need a place to put manure starting in July. <laughs> we, the idea that you're going to get a, make money off it, I think was like, ah, maybe, who knows? We, we need, we need straw and we have a place to put manure in July. That's about how wheat is looked at around here, I think. And so when you actually focus on it and say, it's called an inert material in a in a in a chemical co combination. It's the stuff that that you really don't put on the label. It's just inert because it don't matter, and that's where wheat is, you know, in general. Until you start paying attention to it, you know. Well, it's interesting, also, and maybe this is a lesson like Lane just brought it up that don't treat it like a redhead stepchild, which is mean to redheads and stepchildren. But the thing here is, um, you know what? Is that the fact that that's a lesson you took away from it? When you think about it, you're still paying the cash rent for the acre. You still have the same equipment payment. You still have the hours of the day that you are investing into your farming operation. It's kind of like, why wouldn't I optimize this? Why did why did we treat it like it didn't matter? You still got everything, okay, other than the expense of the inputs, everything else remains the same. So why the hell wouldn't you maximize that acre? You only got so many acres to get your return on. Right. Lane? Wrap me up here. Anything else, observation from this year that you say, I definitely uh, attribute this this thing to Extreme Ag? Oh, you know, Damien, I feel like in a in a, in a year we call a bad year where yields were down. Uh, just 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 having the the people behind us and the information behind us and and try this, try that. We felt like our yields were. Don't get me wrong, they were down. Uh, from, but from some rumor we've heard, you know, just across the Arkansas, Mississippi Delta on each side of the river, we're, we were, we felt like we were in the, still in the top part of that, that yeah. standard, you know, I've heard, heard, I've heard a lot of horror stories and we didn't have exactly the horror stories that we thought we might have at the beginning of the year. You sent a text when we were prepping for this. You said, all right, we think that there's evidence that this area, this region is down 15% from average, or at least from the last year or two where things were good, we might be down 7%. If you attribute that to some of the practices, because what your old man say, it's not about a product, it's about a system. And mm -hmm. so if it's systems that got better because of learned uh, insights and information from extreme ag, the difference between 7% off and 15% off could be your margin, right? I mean, <laughs> that that could be 7% difference. In other words, seven to 15. If you're talking about that seven or 8% difference, 8% less yield, uh, you know, on, on 60 bushel soybeans is hell, you know, that's, that's five bushels. Well, that that's five, that times 15 bucks, $75. That's a, that's, that's the difference between break even and, and decent margin. Absolutely. Lane. Uh, thanks, Matt, wrap us out here. Uh, what else do you think that you attribute, uh, this year's, uh, this year you gleaned something that made you more successful because of what you've learned from extreme ag. Well, just in general, you know, and Lane was alluding to this a while ago, you know, the difference in our, in what we were down and what we've been, we've heard that the, the area was down, you know, a lot of these stress mitigation products that, you know, someone asked me, I said, we're down 7% and they're like, well, I thought you put on stress mitigators. And I'm like, well, stress mitigators, you know, are, 
they're going to work, but they're only going to work so much. You know, we went beyond the that level. So just again, paying attention to the to the different different products that we can put out there that that protection. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that you'd say. Oh well, maybe what you did didn't work. No, maybe what you did absolutely worked. And then when you start looking at the regional averages and what did for you, cool. So I got wheat. A uh, bunch of lessons on that. I got uh, more. It, it, you doubled down on the idea that it's not about a product; it's about a system. Uh, equipment setup is the first, the most important thing you do is getting that seed in the ground. And talk about Chad helping you with that in furrow uh, programs that uh, you've gotten better at because of uh, Kevin's experience. And then obviously the uh, the challenging yourself and looking at what the other guys are doing and being pushed to make wheat not a step stepchild but also treating it like uh it's a it's a real crop those are some of the biggies uh and then lane uh was humble enough to say that he learned a whole bunch of other stuff that uh, it was everything that's why we're here is to make sure there's a learning format when you stop learning you stop uh, you stop getting more successful and um you know what we don't want you to do that so that's why we have this podcast called cutting the curve but the idea is to cut your learning curve so that's lane and that's matt and they are miles farm from mcgee arkansas thanks for being here guys till next time i'm damian mason this is cutting curve thank you thank you thanks for listening to another edition of cutting the curve for more information that you can apply to your farm operation, visit extremeag.farm. Are your crops stressed out? Ag Explorer has you covered with a full line of products to help protect your crop from environmental stressors such as cold and wet or heat and drought. Check out agexplorer.com and start protecting your yields and profits.